Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and get ready to get med ready. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. On this episode of the Learning in Medicine series, we are focusing on studying medicine during a global pandemic. And we have a fellow Uni Melb student, Marley, here to discuss that with us. But before we begin, we will do an acknowledgement of country. So I would like to acknowledge the traditional and rightful owners of the land in which we are on today. Krim and I are on Yorta Yorta land and Mali is on Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations. We'd like to pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And we recognise that the land we are on always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So Mali, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello. Um, so I'm Marley. I'm a third year medical student. Um, I'm based at the Royal Melbourne Hospital mainly, um, but at Melbourne Uni. Um, that's most about me. I also make a few videos online as a bit of a hobby um, about my kind of studying journey um, and some occasional study tips. <laughs> and you've got some lovely plants in the background. Um, so. Very good green thumb, I can see. <laughs> Very impressive. Another one of my hobbies, making online videos and collecting plants. Apparently, they all began, they began in the pandemic. <laughs> one way the pandemic influenced my life. <laughs> yes, unreal. Um, Which is really what this podcast is all about. It's all about the pandemic. Because yes. um, I suppose it's been a challenging couple of years for us medical students because it's been interesting at least um you know when we started medical school the world got hit by a pandemic as I'm sure everyone's aware so we started in the year 2020 and that is when the pandemic hit um all three of us so self Gabby and Marley we all started in the same course at the same time um and we thought it would be really great if we could get a medical student perspective of what it's been like studying medicine during a global pandemic Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Marley, what, what do you think your experience has been and, um, you know, what, what is it like studying at this sort of time? I think my experience is definitely not what I expected it to be going into medicine. Um, I didn't have any, like, friends going into medicine at the same year as me. So when I was starting med, I kind of had such high expectations about, like, I'm going to go, you know, meet everyone on campus, make so many friends, like how it'd be the, you know, the best year of my life, pretty much. Um, maybe a bit of the expectations, but definitely didn't end up that way. I did like, I, you know, we were there for, I think eight weeks before um, we went online. I was glad I made a few friends, but it was still like a pretty lonely year, I think overall for 2020, but also it was so much harder than I'd ever had like a year of uni. I knew it would be hard, I think, like much harder than my science degree, but the fact that it was so much harder plus I didn't get, um, you know, any in-person learning for most of the year and I it was so self-directed, which I hadn't really needed before. So it was hard, I think, like to be so self-motivated and also to convince, you know, teach yourself good study habits from home, which was 
a learning curve for pretty much the whole of 2020 and 2021 still. I think I'm still on, still doing it a bit, learning how to learn online. Um, yeah, it's kind of like hard to stay motivated, I think, in lockdown, especially in 2020, like new degree, new topics I've never done before, but push through. <laughs> Absolutely. And you've lived to tell the tale. Um, so that's good. Still in med, still fighting strong. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think um, we all had our own sort of ideals of what first year med would look like. Um, and, and that definitely got squashed quite early on. Did we get like six or eight weeks in person to meet people? Yeah, I think it was eight weeks. And then all of a sudden it was just like, uh guys, you can't come into uni. There's this thing called COVID out there. It's, yeah, hitting the whole world. And it was so weird because, like, you know, you'd, at that point you'd heard of epidemics, obviously, and you'd, like, mm. studied pandemics at school and stuff. Um, but I don't know. You just never, like, considered it a real thing, obviously. Like, I, you know, obviously none of us knew anyone that had gone through something like that. Mm. So it was so crazy that, like, you know, the year we started med school, which, you know, we thought we were going to be in person the whole time. We're going to have all these labs. Um, all of our lectures were in person. And there were 300 of us coming together for these lectures. Mm, mm. So, yeah, it was really it was really crazy um, when we were told to stay at home, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like you mentioned, like the labs, like I, in undergrad, only did one semester of anatomy. Like I didn't ever get proper anatomy labs. And I was kind of really excited that, like, you know, on that would be how I would learn anatomy and stuff like that. And I was pretty sad missing out on it. And, like, even, like, the clinical skills and stuff, I feel, was something would have been so much better in person. But, you know, what's done is done. But also I did kind of – I feel like you almost mourn not getting an in-person first year of medical school a bit, I think. Like, I was sure. just sad with that experience. Mm. Yeah, and it was just so different from what our friends had said. You know, like, I'm sure we all have friends in high years who, like, could tell us about what their experience was like. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a challenging road for everyone. Um, were there any other challenges that you found studying medicine during this pandemic? Like just not really knowing who to ask for help when you're not on campus, but also like uh, there's lots of like, even last year when I was on placement, like there was a COVID outbreak in my hospital mm-hmm. and half of my group had to quarantine for two weeks because they were exposed to COVID within the hospital, which is like, you know, makes you a bit, little bit scared to be there because, you know, you never know if someone has COVID. And after that, the regulations kind of got a lot stricter. But then even after that, it's like you're constantly scared that you're going to miss time at uni. Like two weeks off of uni is a lot and you miss a lot of experiences at that time. But it's also like I missed, I think, six weeks last year when during that outbreak because they just didn't want students back so I missed a whole rotation that we were meant to get like I missed my whole time in the emergency department which I feel like a pretty key thing of second year medical school like I didn't step foot in the emergency department at all and I know like a lot of students didn't you know it's different with different hospitals you know like but for me that was something I expected that I would get and then I didn't and we went home but also during that time, we were watching other students, like other friends at other clinical schools. They didn't have, they weren't doing anything from home. Like, <laughs> they were. Yeah, there was definitely like a lot of fear of missing out at that time, I suppose, um, especially from like the students at the Royal Melbourne. Like, 
I think the restrictions there were a lot harsher than a lot of the other hospitals around Melbourne. So, like, mm-hmm. for myself, I think we ended up having a week off, but that was about it. Um, and I was in Shepparton, so we were pretty smooth sailing. Um, <laughs> Shepparton did have an outbreak, um, but, you know, students were – actually, no, there, there were some students affected, um, but I was definitely one of the lucky ones. Um, but we – as, as a rural clinical school, definitely had less time out of hospital than Metro, which, you know, makes sense in terms of the outbreak. So I think a lot of students, um, when they do miss rotations or even just miss a couple of days or weeks on placement, they feel like their skills go down and they almost feel incompetent in the hospital again. How do you balance that feeling of, yes, I am competent. Yes, I am getting the training that I need to be a safe, um, you know, good practicing doctor when I graduate with, I need to be safe and stay out of the hospital. Yeah, I think it's it's hard. Like I know like when you have time off and then you come back in, it's I always, you know, you don't kind of jump in guns blazing. Like you kind of always have to ease back in a little bit. You don't have to fully take it so easily where you're not doing anything. You're just following the doctors around. But like especially like after going away for six weeks, like we'd come back slowly and I'd kind of follow people around and then I'd offer to do more jobs and stuff like that. You just have to... Yeah, take it slowly. But also when we came back, we were full N95s, full face shields, no goggles, just like shield. And you kind of, that gave it a lot of security, I think, that before this, yeah, people could catch COVID in the hospital. But now we're like, there's almost no chance. Like we all had to be fit tested. We all had to wear the masks properly. Um, and the, as the face shields, as soon as you're not in like, you know, an, a meeting area or eating lunch, it was very annoying but it did make you feel a lot safer I think and you weren't going to catch COVID which was good even though though I think we even though that was happening there were a couple of like teams of doctors who were still not super keen to have students back like um one team specifically I'm not going to obviously name them but we kind of rocked up one day and on a Monday and they were like oh like are you meant to be with us are you sure what you sure you're here and we're like yeah 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 like we've been assigned but they were a bit like oh like should you really be with us? Like, I'm not sure. Maybe you can come today on rounds, but no other days this week. Like, it was a bit like not just the students were scared to be back in the hospital. The doctors and the teams of, like, nurses and the, you know, specialists and everything, they were also a bit scared to have all the students back. Mm. Absolutely. And it's already, like, hard enough being there, I suppose, as a medical student. Like, sometimes you feel like you're intruding because you're not really helping the team that much sometimes you feel like you're getting in the way so being told like actually we don't want you to come back it must be very confronting yeah it was like most of the year you know everyone knows it's a teaching hospital like most people are happy and I feel like given if this if there had not just been an outbreak within the hospital these doctors would have been fine but I think some of their team had been affected by that outbreak so they were just a bit scared that we'd give it to them and then you know mess it up but it was still like yeah a bit disheartening that it was a lot more like we actually don't want you here rather than like you're a bit of an inconvenience. Like sometimes, usually more just an inconvenience, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, I sort of felt like um, it was hard interacting with patients as well because they were sort of sometimes quite frustrated with the fact that they couldn't have visitors in like their family and friends in a time where they really wanted them. But there's these medical sc- students walking around annoying the crap out of them. Like It was, that was definitely something I struggled with. Did you experience the same? I feel like I had a little bit the same, but also a lot kind of the opposite of that, as in, especially the elderly patients who don't have like 
mobile phones or like iPhones, you know, they sit there and they can't, they understand that they can't have visitors. And so a medical student coming to speak with them for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, they're actually really happy to just kind of have some interaction with someone that's not just a nurse or a doctor who has a bit more time to speak with them. And I feel like, yes, some people were really annoyed that I would come in and ask to see them when their family can't. But a lot of patients were like really grateful just, you know, to tell you about their medical illness even and a little bit of a social history or something like that. But they were just happy to have interactions with people that weren't just doing tests and, you know, blood, bloods and observations and stuff. So I think a little bit of what you were saying, but also I think most people were a bit the opposite, like fed up of being in hospital, wanting to see their family, but grateful for someone coming and spending the time with them. Like, even though it's not someone who's related to them or like a close friend. Yeah, it's really amazing sometimes the kindness that patients have towards medical students, like in trying to help them. Um, I've been, yeah, it's pretty incredible to be a part of that and to have that privilege for sure. Mm, mm. On on another aspect, is is there anything you've found that's been positive about studying uh, medicine during the pandemic? Honestly, I'm not quite sure. I think it gives you a really good perspective of what a really stressed out healthcare system looks like. And I guess, like, make sure you understand why like how the healthcare system can be so stretched to its limits and why some people, I don't know, like it just helps you understand the healthcare system in general a bit better, like how it works. Like I would never have known what a code brown was, I feel, you know, until a long time in the future if we weren't in the pandemic and everyone had a code brown or something like that. But I think apart from that, I'm not quite sure. I think it does it did force the universities to learn how to like, I guess, effectively implement online learning, which I think is really good, especially for like accessibility for patients or not patients. Oh my gosh. Students who who can't come into uni in person or for any reason, you know, if students need to be online learning, I think that's really good that it obviously made unis step up their game, Uh, but also, and like the new kind of, programs and online software and stuff is really good that it's made them get better at that like organizing stuff online especially like even we use canvas like that's gotten so much better over the last two years um but I think as an actual student I'm not quite sure if it's been that beneficial (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it's been pretty cool that like for example Melbourne Uni have started a new program that allows you to study medicine completely rurally in Shepparton um so that started this year I believe yeah I mean that was going to happen whether the pandemic happened or not but I think exactly <laughs> it was in the works. yeah I think exactly what Marley was saying that allowed the university to step up their um sort of online platforms and things so that the learning in Shepparton um and in Melbourne will be the exact same for students in MD1 which is very important obviously we want students to have the same level of experience and exposure so I think those sort of advances in technology that were forced upon everyone um, definitely helped that out. And I also think, you know, the flexibility of being able to study a couple of days at home, not have to go all the way to campus and things like that. Cause I definitely know a couple of people that in first year med were doing quite a big commute of, you know, an hour and a half round trip or even more mm-hmm. um, to then not having to commute. You get these extra hours in your day, which you can't spend going out because you're in lockdown, <laughs> but, you know, maybe some extra sleep or, or something, do, doing something fun as well. Yeah, I think it was good. Like in 2020, 
when we first went into the first lockdown, I like before they shut the rural to metro border, um, my partner and I, we legged it. We went back home to Mildura and like, so I spent, I think six weeks or something from home, like online uni, but from Mildura and I came back for the um, first exam because I was worried about the Wi-Fi connection. But um, it was good that I could like obviously do see my family and see his family for a more extended period of time when I haven't been able to do that for so long. But it was the exact same learning as like you guys were getting in Melbourne, if that's where you were, you know, like I think that was, and it was good to have access to be able to do that. And I think in the future it would be really good for students to continue to be able to do that um, rather than, I guess, like, you know, forcing students to take a long leap of absence or something if something's out of their control. Um, I think that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, yeah, I'm definitely passionate about, you know, the fact that we have to force people to move from rural to the city to study um, pretty much any tertiary subject. Obviously, there are some regional centres that have um, big universities with some courses. Um, but, you know, the end-to-end program in Shepparton is fantastic, but uh, we need more access for students who have family rurally or regionally um, that are studying. So, yeah, it definitely provided that flexibility, which was fantastic. And just jumping back a little bit, we mentioned Code Brown. Did we want to provide some context to that? Just because I was just thinking that students might, or people, listeners, might, might not know what that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you, want, do you want to let us know, Molly? Maybe you can. My very vague knowledge of what the Code Brown was, it was like um, they cancelled all, like, Category 2 and 3 elective surgeries and they pretty much made it so that if you had annual leave scheduled during that time they could cancel it just because they needed the workforce like a lot of people had their leave cancelled um even if it was booked like you know so long in advance just because the workforce was struggling so much to deal with the amount of patients in hospital from COVID um they're the two thing main things that I know happened I'm not sure if there's much more involved in a code brown or not yeah, I think it's like this is like a specific pandemic code brown. It's like you can have different codes like internal emergency in the hospital, which can be like short staffed and things like that and external emergency. And I think this was a mixture of both because obviously the reason why they had the internal emergency was due to the external emergency of the global pandemic. So I think it was that it was just being able to cover the workforce. Um, and I think it was probably not every hospital in Victoria but I feel like nearly every hospital had something quite similar at some stage, obviously for different extended periods of times. Um, but the ones in Melbourne, the big ones um, like the Royal Melbourne were obviously um, there for quite some time. So yeah. All Victorian one, like I, I know a couple of the rural hospitals like did their own code Brown, even though they weren't included in like the Victorian Melbourne one, they just mm. were like, we need it too. So we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that provides some, context for that if people were wondering um, but I feel like the next question is sort of a bigger picture question and how do you think um, you know this experience has changed your outlook of medicine and your future career? I think it definitely hasn't made me want to be like an infectious diseases doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really kind of made it made me realize how important every type of specialist is even in like a pandemic that might not be related and like I kind of had my own opinions going into medicine on what each medical specialty is kind of like, but seeing how kind of everyone has stepped up a bit even, I feel like during the pandemic it's made me realise, oh, like these things aren't so different, but also I still have no idea what I want to do. 
I definitely think I was considering maybe an MPH when I started med. Definitely don't think I'll do that now. That's a bit of a, that's how it's changed my, my perspective. I think I just want to graduate and kind of start helping, like start working, start kind of joining the workforce. Um, also, it seems a bit disheartening after so much COVID at the moment. Um, but I think it's just, it makes me realise, you know, it kind of will go up from here. You, I'd like to think so. Like I've had such, seen such stressed out doctors and nurses and, you know, everyone in the hospital my whole last year. I'd like, love to see, you know, in the future how when we return back to kind of normal levels of hospital stress, I guess, what that is like. I feel like we've done placement in such high stress environments that maybe it'll like, it was kind of put it, throwing us in the deep end a bit and now when we actually start working, hopefully it would have died down and we'll kind of be prepared for the worst, but it won't be quite as bad. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it's interesting. Yeah, we've never really seen how the hospital operates outside of COVID and maybe we never will because, you know, mm. perhaps we'll never be able to get rid of this thing. But um, it would be interesting to see what it's like when the hospitals are running at, yeah, like you said, normal normal sort of standards levels. Well-staffed. <laughs> maybe maybe one day we can go in there without a mask. But it's, no, a I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we'll never go back. Mm, mm, we're always having them which you know what to be far to be fair is fine with me because you don't have to wear any makeup at least from your nose down so it's brilliant in my opinion I want to keep the masks forever but um, maybe not N95s I think hopefully there'll be a step down to surgical masks you know probably not yet but you know maybe six months or a year or so and mm. the um, face shields hopefully eventually but I don't think they'll ever go back in hospitals without surgical mask, at least for all the doctors and like nurses and patient facing roles, I think. Mm. Well, it was really interesting when I was in the NT in January, they only just started introducing PPE in, in medical environments. Yeah. So there were some surgical masks around, but we then had to step up to N95s and face shields and I just sort of put it on, no worries. And everyone was like, what is going on? You know, what is this PPE? And I was like, wow, like Victoria and, and New South Wales mainly. Um, I think we, we've had it for what, probably two years now, I guess. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Probably since the start. It's just second nature now. It's part of our faces. (laughs) (laughs) One of my friends is a, um, she's a pharmacist in Perth and she doesn't have to wear a mask. She had to, I think, for like two or three weeks and then she messaged me about how they don't have to wear them anymore and I was just so surprised. But, yeah, goodness, I can't imagine. Like, I just can't imagine walking around the hospital without a mask on. Yeah, Mm. yeah, no, it's nice. It just feels like nice protection, I think. I really like it. It it comforts me a little bit. But I, I think as well, you know, this pandemic, what it really has shown with the healthcare system is how resilient the healthcare system is um how quickly things can be done as well like I feel like you know the vaccine rollout although obviously there were some delays with that it's still in the long run you know incredible like it was all made in such a short amount of time and the vaccine hubs around the country um and different you know programs to help increase outreach um all of those things I think were really interesting and as a student being able to learn about that and sort of just take a step back and observe I think was a fantastic time and and looking forward into our future careers I feel like hopefully it's instilled some resilience in us um I feel like that's the that's the goal uh, but we'll see how we go <laughs> yeah I think it was really nice as well like as a student with the at the Royal Melbourne they had their own the vaccine hub like the at 
the convention center and they offered for us students to kind of help out there um which was really nice like we got paid for it but it was also like actually felt like we were helping contribute to like getting the rollout done like we were giving people vaccines we were doing like 80 vaccines a day or something over one shift and you just feel so accomplished that even though we're students we're getting like actually meaningfully contributing to hopefully get over the pandemic and that was really nice I feel like because they had like medical students nursing students paramedic students I think who were helping out as well and like we were just included with all the nurses who were you know fully qualified actual you know qualified health professionals and it was nice to feel like we're part of a team. It was really nice. Mm, absolutely. Getting more hands-on experience and having a paid role in the healthcare system, which as a student is so hard to find. Yeah, very hard. It's been, yeah, blessed to have that opportunity. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And hopefully that, you know, puts some work into the future that even if we're not giving COVID vaccines in a year or two time, you know, students can enter the workforce for maybe flu injections or, or something like that um, because, you know, it's worked well. It's helped to cover a workforce shortage, which was very significant. Um, so hopefully it opens that door a little bit as well. Mm. And going on from that, sort of our last question is, how do you think this pandemic has affected future learning in medicine? I think that it's like, I guess what we were talking about before with like the online learning and kind of the evolution of online learning platforms and the way that online learning is de like delivered. I think, I feel like, especially I get that impression at Melbourne Uni that we won't ever go back to all in person. Like it will not happen. It will be hopefully a bit more of a hybrid model. Like I personally would much prefer if it was all in person, but I know that's not going to happen. But I think it's really good that especially like, they will do more hybrid models. It'll become more accessible for people. Like online examinations even, like they kind of suck. I like being in, you know, a room of hundred hundreds of people with the stress, but like the programs on the computer make it so much easier for people who need to change the font size or like the background colour. Like it just makes it so much easier for people to be able to succeed. I think it's really good. And I like the kind of flexibility of having lectures online is really good as well. Like I think it's really been beneficial to improving accessibility of medicine pretty much um, at all degrees, really. Like the fact that hopefully we will still get some in-person things that are important, like clinical skills and placement and stuff like that, but not having to like drive an hour and a half for three lectures, um, you know, just kind of makes it, I guess, a lot more appealing for a lot of students, I feel, but also, yeah, accessible, I think is good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Marley. Um, it was really great. Obviously, we've had very similar experiences, but at the same time, very different experiences because we've been at three different hospitals. Um, so it was really great to hear your thoughts and thanks for sharing your experiences. I hope you enjoyed jumping on. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was good to have a chat about med school. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it, was, we'll... it was our pleasure to have you on. It was um, a really insightful chat, I think, into, into what it's been like. And I mean, we've experienced similar things, but it's been really awesome having uh, another perspective on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, and we'll... Future episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pop all of Marley's details in the show notes as well if anyone's interested in um, watching her videos about med school. If you're um, not quite in med yet, it might help give some perspective um, and, you know, see what you're looking forward to and um, that if you're already in med school you might be able to relate um and there's nothing better than relatable content on the internet i think <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs>
<laughs> well, thanks very much, Marley. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.